start um, by praying. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, and as we come to it now, we pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive what you want to speak to us today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we're starting a short series on creation care and um, probably you know that in a few weeks the world's leaders will be meeting in Glasgow for a series of meetings called COP26. These are crucial meetings where decisions will be made about how we as a global community will reduce our carbon emissions to limit climate change and adapt to living with more extreme weather conditions. We are in an environmental crisis. It's happening now with extreme and unpredictable weather around the earth, huge loss of biodiversity, degradation of our soil and our ocean suffering from plastic pollution. In the beginning, when God put Adam in the Garden of Eden, he told him to work it and take care of it. That's Genesis 2.15. This is one of the first commands that God gave to the human, the Adamah, the one made from the soil. And as a human race, we actually couldn't have done much worse with that command. What we see going on now is hundreds of years of not caring for the earth, of not taking that first command seriously. And individuals that have not had a thought about caring for the earth, the garden that God has given to us. And we are beginning to reap the consequences of damaging the earth. And it's causing us as Christians to go back to the Bible and realize that perhaps there were some fundamentals that we've actually missed. Our Western urban industrial consumer culture has surrounded us so much that we've become blind to the truth that we're always there in God's word. How caring for the earth should just be part of our natural, natural part of our faith, part of our witness to the world, part of loving our local and global neighbor and part of following Jesus. So today I'm going to look at four reasons why caring for creation is so fundamental to our faith. But first of all, children, you might have noticed that there are some earths around the place. If you see one, I would love you to come and bring it up right now. Can anybody see one? Yeah, if you could bring it up and don't be shy and give it to Debbie who's going to put it on here. I think there's kind of six or seven. So, well done. Well done, Elizabeth. Great, thank you. Bring them up and Debbie's going to put them up for us. Lovely. Thank you so much, everybody. Good finding. Lovely. Great. So as Debbie's doing that, let's start by thinking about our passage today and God as creator. So the first sentence so magnificently sets the scene of all that is to come. And I think that should be our memory verse for today. So I'm hoping 
that a PowerPoint will come up. Okay. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What a brilliant way to start the Bible. Okay? Should we all say that together? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. Can you do it with your eyes shut? Because I know that's up there. In the beginning, it all started with God. Our creator God made the heavens and the earth. He made a good world full of goodness. Each day that he created, he declared it good. Wonderful sunsets, glorious mountains and rivers, seas teeming with fish and other creatures, birds in the air and all sorts of creatures on the land. Colour, vibrancy, life. It was all good. Our Christian story. Next slide. (laughs) Our Christian story doesn't begin with the birth of Jesus, but in the beginning with the good creation, the wonderful gift of a good God. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit were there right from the beginning. Colossians tells us all things were created by and for Jesus, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Right at the beginning of God's word, the first thing we learn about him is that he is the creator of all things, big and small. It is a fundamental part of his character. Without God, there would be nothing. So if this is the case, our love, respect and worship of God must also be reflected in our love and our care for creation. How can we love the creator while destroying his creation? Next one. (laughs) It's also not a surprise then that creation is a natural place of encounter with God. Creation speaks fluently and eloquently about God. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Creation speaks in a way beyond language. It illustrates the truth that we see about God in the Bible. When Job hears God speak, he is encouraged to think about creation, about his creator, and his relationship with God is restored. Creation points to the glory of God. And it can draw us closer to him. Next pick, please, Matt. Every time a species becomes extinct or a habitat is destroyed, it is removing a little of God's uh, fingerprint, glory and workmanship upon the earth. We've already degraded the earth so much that there are aspects of God's glory that we are no longer able to see. How sad. Should we go back to the other pic so we don't have to look at that one for too long? Secondly, God has given us a unique job. So God is the creator and we are one of his creatures. We are part of creation, made on the same day as the animals, made from the Adama. 
the earth. We are creatures of the earth. Yet, we are also unique and distinct from the rest of creation because we are made in the image of God. He gifted us a unique place in creation. And with that gifting, he gave us a unique job to rule over creation, as it says in our passage, Genesis 1.26. So what does it mean to let them rule? The word translated rule is the same word that describes the just and peaceful rule in the early days of King Solomon, 1 Kings 4. In kingship, we are made in God's image and we are to rule over the earth like him with his character. Jesus shows us what it is like to be in the image of God for he is the image of the invisible God made flesh. Next picture, Matt. Jesus modelled leadership to us by washing the disciples' feet. He came not to be served, but to serve a self-giving life, loving and wise. Jesus is our model for how we live, including how we rule and steward and take responsibility for the earth. Jesus did not exploit or destroy or overconsume. He wasn't greedy. He did not exploit women or the poor. Humans have done and are doing all these things because we have not placed God at the center of our lives or understood what it means to be a discipleship, a disciple made in his image. Even by living normal lives in our society, we are also doing these things. And it's actually really hard for us to untangle ourselves from our society, which has its foundations built on doing damage and degradation. Our lives, as much as possible, should reflect the glory of God. Jesus came that we might have life and have life in all its fullness. And the only way that happens for us and our local and global neighbours is by living his way. We are currently destroying the very earth that we need to live So to understand ourselves rightly as human beings, we must not elevate ourselves and ignore God's way in favour of our own. But we must take hold of the role that God has given us to rule over and work and care for the land. Caring for creation is not a sideline in our discipleship. It should be a natural expression of our faith that is both a witness to the world around us and part of seeing his kingdom come. Caring for creation is fundamental to who we are as God's people. Next picture. So thirdly, we should also remember that the earth is not ours. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He gives us the earth to live on. We get to call it home while we're here, but he owns it. Like a child calling the house they live in theirs, they don't actually own it, but it is where they live. We are caretakers and stewards, tenants in a land belonging to our king. For all things were made by and for Christ. 
God remains committed to and involved in creation. He didn't just create it and walk away. But in Psalm 65, it says he cares for the land and waters it. He preserves man and beast. In Psalm 50, God declares, for every animal of the, ma- of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. Like, how, just how awesome <laughs> is that? Our God is the sustainer of all things. All things hold together in Christ. And we are reminded in Psalm 139 that the Spirit of God is always present. So the last reason, there are many more, but last of mine today, is climate justice. Now there's something wrong with this picture, isn't there? Can we remember our memory verse? Anybody want to call out our memory verse? God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens. He made the heavens. Did you know there are hundreds of billions, if not trillions, of galaxies? When it says he made the heavens, it's for real. (laughs) You know, plural. It's beyond what we can imagine. But how many earths did he make? He made one. He made one. Doesn't that just kind of like, wow. (laughs) You know, it's all out there. And then there is us on earth. You see, the trouble is we've forgotten that there is just one earth with finite resources. There are only a certain number of resources which the world has and can regenerate. The overconsumption of the Earth's resources is what's causing so many of our environmental problems. So if everyone in the world were to live like an average UK person, we would need 2.6 Earths to be able to do it. Some Earths, some nations use a lot more resources than we do. We're not, we're not the uh, worst, but we only have one Earth. So we use too much. Other countries, on the other hand, use a lot fewer resources and don't damage the planet. We recognise that our damage of the earth is having consequences for us all. But as is often the case, the poorest are suffering the most. Countries such as Mozambique, Ethiopia, Burundi, Rwanda and Bangladesh have small carbon footprints and have not contributed much to the problem of climate change, but they are bearing the consequences of it. Extreme weather events, which are becoming more frequent, easily damage fragile infrastructure, wash away crops, causing hunger, disease and lack. Unpredictable rains, forest fires, extreme heat make life very hard. In the words that every child has used a hundred times, and perhaps we could all say, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair or right that right now the poorest are paying uh, for the overconsumption and lack of wisdom of so many nations, ours included. All the gains that cut extreme poverty in half over the last few decades are being lost 
as it becomes harder and harder to grow crops and live safely. So we're going to look at a short film by Tierfun from Honduras about how climate change is affecting them. Thank you, Matt. My name is Norman, Norman Molina. I'm, um, I'm from Honduras, Central America. The effects of climate change are, are huge. The strongest evidence is that levels of poverty are rising. Honduras, Central America, almost 60% of our population is, is living in poverty. Migration, waves of people trying to move up north, especially to find uh, livelihoods, make a living, because mostly of, of climate change. Fishing communities. You know, they have their small restaurant they, and they cook the fish and they sell fish for a living. These communities don't exist anymore because the water levels have, have increased in ways that have made communities, entire communities disappear. Rain has become a threat. Uh, our hearts start pumping very fast and our minds start creating stories and we we traumatized by it. Every time I hear rain, is this fear of what is going to happen, which is sad because rain in the Bible for us, rain, it's, it's, it's a sign of, of blessing, of, of life, of crops and, and, and grow. And sadly, because of, of the damage and the vulnerability that we have in our, in our countries, rain has become a threat. So last year, uh, we had two hurricanes that caused huge damage, especially in the north uh, coast of Honduras, Two hurricanes in one weekend between, not even in my wildest dream, never imagined having that. More than 4 million people affected by these two hurricanes, more than 100,000 people in shelters. It's funny that climate change, for example, it's, it's not one of the things that we contribute the most in the region, like Central America especially. However, we are the ones that... Um, are affected the most. Central America is one of the most, if not the most affected uh, or uh, most vulnerable uh, area to climate change. We're brothers and sisters in all this. Uh, we belong to a global community. And if these decisions are positive, um, it would be good for us. But if we continue this pattern of exploitation and destruction and going beyond the limits of the planet, maybe you will not feel it, but we will feel it. Thank you. So Jesus said for us to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. To love our global neighbour and even our community, we need to love our planet too. This whole area of creation care is an area where as Christians we need to repent, to say sorry, to ask God to forgive us and ask for his mercy and grace over our global neighbours, over us, today's children and future generations. This is an area where the, either knowingly or probably more likely unknowingly, we've not walked God's way. We haven't thought to care as we should. It's time to live differently. We know that our world is now hugely damaged with consequences beyond our control. 
We want our lives to reflect the goodness of God with Jesus as our model, who celebrated and enjoyed the provision of creation, but also lives more lightly on earth to cause less damage and help God's earth thrive again. You're probably already doing some things, but you might find on your um, chairs, I've listed some ideas. Um, You can probably think of more. And there are lots of resources online to help you think of small and bigger ways that you can help care for the earth. So I've also provided some post-it notes and pens in the little bits um, uh, in in front of your chairs. You might have to share them along the rows. But um, as we come up to to communion today, I'd love for you to bring a pledge. Choose something. Something that you will do to say, yes, Lord, I want to take that first command of caring for creation seriously. As we come with thanksgiving to receive the bread and the wine, remember the sacrifice of our Savior. Let us remember that he loves the whole world. And may your pledge be part of your worship, part of saying to God that you're going to take seriously his command to care for the earth. So you can write a little something just before you come up and there'll be a board either side that you can, you can stick that onto. I'd also like us to pray for COP26. We really need change at every level. We need individuals, organisations, businesses all to um, be conscious of how they're affecting the earth. But most crucially, we need governments around the world to make policies and decisions fast that will help heal our planet. We need to pray because this is humans doing it and it is difficult and complex. Can I just pray to finish? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your good earth. We acknowledge you, Lord, as the creator. Lord, and we acknowledge, Lord God, that we are made in your image, called to rule and care for the, for the earth. Lord, we repent. We repent, Lord, where we have not knowingly or unknowingly done that. Father, we want to pray in Jesus' name for these meetings, these COP26 meetings coming out. And I want to pray for a miracle, Lord God, that nations can come together and um, make ambitious and radical decisions, Lord God, that will benefit our planet, will benefit the poorest in our globe and um, benefit future generations. May your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The band are going to come and just lead us in a song. Let's stand.